0: Hi, this is Victor Agreta Jr. And this week on Coders, I am in San Francisco, California, here at the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference.
1: Comscope. Thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. TelecomCareers.com Hi, it's Victor
0: Greta Jr. and welcome to this week's episode of Coders. I've been in San Francisco all week covering the Worldwide Developer Conference here in San Francisco. Of course, this is Apple's big chance to say to all its developers, here are the great tools that we've been creating for you. This year, Tim Cook came on stage and then quickly handed it off to a number of people that he works with. Starting with Craig Federighi, who looked at OS X. This new version of OS 10, called El Capitan is sort of like Snow Leopard in that it's an interim step that gets rid of some of the bugs and issues that people had with the previous version, which was Yosemite. In particular, the company said that they're focusing on performance and experience upgrades. Also, a number of new features were shown in iOS 9 that will pay off both on the iPhone and the iPad. But perhaps most significantly with iOS, we saw the introduction of split-screen apps and true multitasking, including video that works as picture-in-picture. This isn't going to be supported on all of the hardware that's currently out there, but it will be supported on most. And iOS 9 will actually be supported on every device that's been supported by iOS 8. So that's an excellent, excellent thing for developers who already have a deployed code base. <laughs> Another thing that the company focused heavily on was the watch. And watchOS will finally be able to run native applications on the watch. What that means is that you will no longer need to be tethered to an iPhone to actually run code. The code will run directly on the watch. There are some looming questions about things like battery life and other aspects, but it is really going to be a boon for developers who are able to deploy apps that we've not seen before. And it's reminiscent of the fact that the iPhone launched without an app store and people were using web apps originally. There were many, many other announcements such as Swift going open source, and a number of improvements and enhancements, plus some new apps like News, that I think that for third-party developers maybe wasn't so important. Swift going open source, however, was a big deal because they didn't even use the GPL license. So, Apple is not exactly the biggest fan of the Free Software Foundation, but more importantly, the license that Swift will be using going forward will allow people like Microsoft to take that code, modify it, change it, and release it, and could even put it into commercial products. So what we're gonna see is a real explosion in Swift, both on the client side and on the server side. And that's where things get really interesting. Now here are some developers and media folks to tell us what they thought were the biggest announcements.
2: Hi, my name is Leander Caney, and I'm the editor and publisher of CultOfMac.com, and that's a blog uh, devoted to Apple and uh, the Apple uh, user community. And so uh, I was asked about what I, did, I think was the biggest thing uh, for developers at WWDC this week during the keynote announcement, and I guess it was the open sourcing of Swift, um, Apple's programming language, and the open sourcing is important because I guess it turns it into a um, you know it, it releases apple of, of ownership and what might turn it into a standard and it stands a lot more chance of being uh, taken up and adopted by other companies even its competitors uh even you know microsoft or, or google could um, pick it up and and run with it because apple has relinquished uh, control and ownership of it by opening it up and that's important because you know the more people that use it the more developers there are the more it's going to turn into um the thing that's taught in schools. Uh, in colleges and all the upcoming programs that we use it and hopefully see more apps that are created with this program and language.
1: Hi, I'm Roby, uh, I'm from Apptenev, and I think the biggest thing coming out of the keynote was clearly Swift being open source. I think it's a very developer-friendly stance that tells you exactly where they want us to be spending our time. And I think secondary in the State of the Union, they spent
3: a lot of time focusing on some of the optimizations and performance work that's gonna help us all do a better job, and that was pretty awesome to see.
4: I'm Samuel Goodwin with uh, Roundwell Software. And uh, the thing I think is most important about uh, the keynote yesterday is the the open sourcing of Swift, which I think is going to be a big deal. Um, I know some people that are very active about reporting a lot of bugs and have a lot of uh, things to say about it. And if they can just contribute patches instead of just complaining all the time, then uh, I'm sure they'll be pumped with that, and I'll be pumped with that. Um, and then also the uh, they're adding the ability to do user or UI testing from the the existing testing framework, where before you had to go to some weird JavaScript thing and do some extra stuff that wasn't related. Uh, but now it can all be running through the same system, through the same automation process, and uh, work a lot better. Um, there was something that did something like this before, but it was like an add- add-on that you had to add and get it to work and hope that the people continue to maintain it. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to just have it coming directly from Apple they're responsible for the platform and the tools so it works great for them to do it
1: hi my name is scott gardner i'm the developer of Lok, a location-based social networking app. I also uh, wrote a book called Transition to Swift that I started uh, day one of Swift last year. And uh, watching the keynote today or yesterday, the two things that excited me most about what's coming um, are the uh, native watch OS. I'm excited to develop an app for watch Apple Watch, and I haven't done so yet. And I think this will really move the ball forward for us as developers to do that. And secondly, um, Swift being open source. I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to see what we can do with this in Linux and just, uh, you know, the... the uh, Embracement of the open source community that Apple's reaching out to by doing this. So, those are the two things that excited me most about the keynote.
3: So I'm uh, Saul Mora. I'm an iOS developer. I'm also a uh, podcaster on uh, the NS Brief podcast. And uh, I think the biggest takeaway from yesterday's keynote was the open source uh, of Swift. So when they announced that Swift is open source, you heard the the loud applause. It was uh, it's really quite a quite a big moment. You never know when Apple's going to open source something, and it was. It's quite surprising and uh, welcome that they decided to open source Swift. Uh, I think it'll have a big impact uh, not only on client and mobile apps, but uh, it'll have a big impact on server-side apps, and also getting Swift onto things like Windows. Uh, for as much as we don't like Windows, uh, it'll have a big impact there and on Linux and other other platforms there. So getting Swift in the hands of, of uh, many other developers and making that a real uh, industry standard uh, seems to be the way Apple wants things and uh, they want to lead the way, so they can only do that by open sourcing it, so that, I think that's that's a really big deal and you know, it got a real good innovation for a really good reason. All right, my name is Arthur Matosin, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fibo, um, and I thought the keynote was great. Uh, my biggest takeaways from that were Watch OS. I think it's gonna make it a lot better uh, for developers to build high quality apps for the watch, and the other piece that I really enjoyed was uh, open sourcing of Swift. I think that for the future of code, that, that's gonna be a really big deal. And it's gonna really take, you know, that to the next level, I think. So, um yeah, and I'm also personally really excited about Apple Music. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to trying that out. And I think that it was good this year was a uh, focused on doing more updates and like you know housekeeping stuff, and not so many new features for iOS nine and iOS ten. So overall, it was great. I'm excited to dig in with the code and see what's going on. And uh, I'm really looking forward to next year.
5: Hi, my name is Kelly Gamont. I work for Smile Software, and I write occasionally over at the Mac Observer. And the thing that I thought was the most important to come out of the keynote was that this was a bolt-tightening release, uh, Snow Mountain. I started calling it. We'll see if that's the thing that catches on. But uh, I'm. I think the thing that is the most useful for developers out of that is that there's not a bunch of change and the sand has shifted less under everybody's feet this time, so it makes it a lot more. It makes it a lot more efficient to going forward that you don't have to overhaul everything in order to rebuild. Um, everything that everyone is doing is gonna get a little bit of a performance boost automatically by virtue of the new operating system and the way that those frameworks are working and there's not a ton of new stuff to have to learn and there's not enough, a bunch of uh, extra sort of gyration that everything is going to have to go through in the name of progress. And it sort of uh, was scaled back on the new features as far as what was user facing stuff. Here's all these new things you have to worry about. And then more about we're going to take all of the things that we have and just make them really good. And so I thought that was probably the most useful thing that, that came out, at least for developers. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot new and exciting in the operating system as a user, and I'm kind of glad of that because I've run into some of the rough edges of Yosemite, so I'm really hopeful that it won't be too huge a change for users either. It will just end up being a better experience all around.
6: Hello, my name is Cesare. I'm an independent developer. At the moment, I'm working on a service which is called appversion.io, and I got a lot of excitement from yesterday's keynote, especially because I got a sense of Apple getting more open. So clearly the most evident uh, thing was the announcement of Swift getting open source in, in the fall. But uh, also, for example, yesterday I was checking the CloudKit APIs, and now you can access Apple's web services using JavaScript. So again, this is confers, confirms my suspicion that Apple is getting more open, and that's good. My name is Neil Tixon, I'm the
1: editor-in-chief and publisher of MacTech Magazine, and Victor's asked me to give you an idea of what my thoughts are about uh, Apple's announcements yesterday at the WWC Keynote 2015. And it was an interesting keynote because, in my mind, there was four main points. I mean, obviously, there was the announcements about Apple Music, and, and a lot of the media picked up uh, that, especially on the consumer side and the mass media side. And, of course, there was uh, Apple's continuous jabs at Google over privacy and how important that was in the, in the Apple market. Those were two of the four points that I saw. The third point, which is of particular importance to developers, is Swift, and what Swift 2.0 is going to do, how they're going to be making it that much better, how they're going to make it that much easier and faster for people to learn, how much more capable it's going to be, how much more efficient it's going to be, uh, and of course, it's huge, it's going to be open source. Now I'm sure that Apple is you know, going to keep back a little bit of what Swift does in some ways in order to you know, make it their solution on Apple Technologies, but to have it available on Linux and hopefully somebody will pick it up and do something on the on the Windows side is going to be pretty spectacular and it will make people make it that much easier for people to come into the market and do things and maybe even do it across, you know, different platforms out there as well. So that was huge. The rest of the keynote though. Probably two thirds of it was around one topic in my mind. Now, yes, they talked about iOS nine and and they talked about uh, the next version of OS ten and it being uh, El Capitan and uh, and I found that very interesting. But if you look at those announcements along with Watch OS, the thing that was the most interesting thing was that Apple, you know, Apple today gives APIs to developers to go develop things in a whole variety of ways, some great tools, some great access, some great abilities to use the OS to do a variety of things. And what Apple said about all those other OS's and announcements is that they're gonna give an API, or in this case, really a UI, to the users that are out there for them to control their life in all the different aspects. Uh, I, I call this control kit, if you, if you will. And yeah, it's not an API, as I said, but the idea is, is that people are gonna to wanna to control things like their health and their home and their auto. They're gonna to wanna to be controlling the, the devices and understanding what their calendars and scheduling and all those types of things that we do a lot of today but if they, Apple wants you to do all those different things through an Apple device. And that was the essence of what we saw yesterday for about two-thirds of the, of the keynote. Probably the most significant things that happened for not just the users, but for the developers, as it will enable them to have a lot more opportunities to control a lot more things. And if they seize that opportunity, they'll be able to ride the, the wave and trend that Apple's creating during this time.
6: Hi, my name is Charles Perry, and I'm the owner of Medikite Software. Uh, I think the biggest thing that came out of the, the keynote for me was the fact that there wasn't anything big that came out of the keynote. The fact that we're all going to be able to to catch a catch our breath after two years of re- really revolutionary changes. So I'm looking forward to finally finally being able to catch up on some of the features that have been introduced and uh, maybe get my my apps in a, a somewhat more finished state. So thanks. Hi, I'm Dana Nuan. I'm an iOS developer. I'm here at uh, WWDC, actually all con uh, since I didn't get a badge. Um, The keynotes, I wasn't really impressed with anything. There were no surprises. We're all looking forward to the Apple TV, but uh, that didn't happen. Everyone was looking forward to that as the the one more thing, but I think we were let down by the uh, Apple Music announcement. Um, I actually found more, I was more impressed with the State of the Union, actually, in the afternoon than the keynote. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to having native apps uh, on the Apple Watch. And as a developer of fitness apps, I'm really looking forward to uh, Accessing the, uh, the the sensors on the Apple Watch, just, such as the heart rate sensor. So I'm ready. Uh, looking forward to going back and playing with the new tools.
3: Hi, I'm Joe Bunsky uh, I am a developer and designer. Uh, I work with. Brain Interactive. We're a very small company that makes uh, teleprompter software for the Mac OS and iOS platforms. Uh, and I thought the most important thing coming out of the keynote was some of the really, really cool new stuff for the iPad. I think it was great to see Apple start focusing again on some, you know, the multitasking and other things to make the iPad a unique device. And I'm hopeful that that reinvigorates Apple's commitment to the, to the platform there. And, and hopefully we'll see some new hardware in the fall that'll, that'll coincide with that.
6: Hey, uh, my name is Peter Cohen, I'm Mac Managing Editor at iMore.com and uh, I'm very excited about some of the stuff that was announced at the keynote. Uh, being a Mac guy, of course, uh, the stuff about El Capitan was what interested me the most. Uh, Metal for OS 10 is a real game changer, and literally a game changer, uh, because uh, you know, for years, uh, people who play games on the Mac have been plagued with uh, performance issues um, compared to their Windows counterparts. So uh, we don't know exactly how Metal for OS 10 is gonna translate into real-world performance, but based on what Apple's saying, it's certainly going to uh, help with a lot of the problems there. Plus, it's improving, a, it's doing it in a way that doesn't damage efficiency uh, on the computers either. So your, your Mac won't turn into a hot brick that uh, has a battery that disappears after 20 minutes, unlike some gaming PCs. So that's very exciting, it has a lot of applications outside of gaming because OpenGL is so crucial not just to the core operating system, but also to so many other applications that get used. Um, Adobe Creative Cloud, for example, um, was mentioned during the keynote that absolutely is going to see some major performance increases. I think they said on stage something like 6x uh, performance increase in some cases. So those are all really exciting things. Now I spend almost all day long in Spotlight um, using it just reflexively now to open apps, uh, to. Search for stuff on the web to look at uh, at files that i've created to try to find information so i'm very interested in some of the intelligent heuristics that they're building into to spotlight to make that uh, a more useful thing for me and just make it more intuitive for me to uh, to find the, the data that i want um, The split screen stuff looks really cool, too, and split screen is a feature that's coming to iOS 9 uh, in varying degrees, depending on what kind of device you've got. If you've got an iPad Air 2, uh, you're going to see a true split screen experience that's going to be pretty marvelous. Now, it's interesting. I write words for a living, and I've never really been very happy with um, uh, using the iPad as a text editing device, and the problem that I've had with it all along has been that getting insertion points into the text that I'm writing and then um, copying and selecting and moving text around is so much more cumbersome uh, than it is on the Macintosh because um, you know you have to press and hold the screen and then you know carefully drag out the the selection that you're doing that's changing that's changing with gesture controls that mirror kind of what you do on a magic trackpad or on the trackpad on a MacBook or MacBook Pro Um, using two fingers instead of just one that's really exciting to me that is a game changer for the iPad and then watch OS 2.0 well I'm uh, you might be able to see I'm wearing a watch um, and I'm just really excited to see what Apple does uh, with the watch next so it it was a a lot of very dense information we didn't even get to some of the the real meat of uh, what's going on in both OS 10 and iOS 9 uh, that Apple didn't have time to talk about on the keynote Um, so uh, you know in the coming days and weeks I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more exposed Uh, that that we're gonna be very excited about. So as you can see, it's probably not surprising
0: that the majority of developers believe that Swift going open source is the most important thing. There are a few people that said that watch was important, but the watch doesn't have the installed base that iOS devices do. Swift going open source represents not just an opportunity for Apple, but also kind of a paradigm shift for Apple, really. The company is not known for doing open source projects. In fact, when Safari was released and was based on KHTML and WebKit was open sourced, that was a big deal. When Unix was shown as OS X, of course, that comes back from Next. But when Unix became the underpinnings of the Macintosh operating system, that was a big deal. So what we're seeing here is that Swift is positioned as the future code base for all Apple endeavors. And it's important that they get as much adoption and as much interest in Swift as possible. Open sourcing Swift means that they will achieve that goal. And the interesting thing about this is that in all the consumer-facing products that were announced, El Capitan, OS9, and of course, Apple Music, which has nothing to do with developers, the interesting thing about this is that The biggest takeaway for most people was Swift, and that's exactly as Apple intends, because what they want to do is make sure that for the next 10, 20 years, Swift becomes the master language for its products. So it will continue to refine and perfect Swift, and now that it's open source, it will have many, many more people working on Swift to enable it to do that. A number of other things were announced, and in fact, you can go through the uh, posted keynote and you can see slides that have a number of other things. There were additional APIs, there were new frameworks. As usual, Apple throws a lot into what it announces at WWDC. Some of those things actually wind up in sessions that are under non-disclosure agreements. But a lot of things also happen in the State of the Union address, and I think that one of the most important things in the State of the Union address, because it addresses where Apple is right now, Apple still sells 16 gigabyte iPhones, it still sells uh, devices that perhaps in the past had problems updating. There was a big problem with one of the iOS updates that required several gigabytes, and so. What they've done in this with app developers in particular, and I think that one of the things they're trying to do to combat network congestion, is they've allowed something called app slicing. So imagine you're a developer, and you're developing an app that's going to work on the iPhone, it's going to work on the iPad, and you have a number of different assets. Well, if you have someone that's pulling in something on an iPad mini that does not have a retina display, which Apple still sells, you don't need the retina assets. So Apple's going to allow you to, say, take this binary and only apply the parts that are actually relevant to the device that it's being installed on. That's a fundamental shift. As Samuel was talking about, you'll be able to test UI in the cloud. There are a number of things that Apple's doing in the cloud that's trying to allow developers to offload some of their testing. It's also reminiscent of what Google is doing. Speaking of, speaking of Google, one of the things that Apple's trying to do to differentiate itself is in privacy. And of course, at Google I.O., we saw a number of amazing demonstrations of things like Google Now. It sees your email. It sees your calendar. It sees all of these things that happen in your life. And it's doing that by data mining. Apple made a very big point to say that we are not mining your data. In fact, most of the things that it does are going to be happening local on the device. So when it looks at travel time, when it looks at other aspects that allow you to connect disparate pieces of data in your device, it's actually doing that all locally, and it's not sent to Apple. It's not aggregated. It's completely anonymous. And so Apple's drawing a very hard line in the sand here. The question remains whether they'll be able to keep that momentum going as they go forward. The future may very well be data mining, but Apple's betting that it isn't. So for this week's coders, thank you for joining us. Please join us next week as we look a little bit more at what's going on in the world of APIs. Thanks.
1: Coders is a production of RCR TV News. To reach Victor Agreta Jr. or to suggest a show topic for Coders, you can reach him on Twitter at SuperPixels. For all the latest news on wireless code and the whole world of wireless, check out rcrwireless.com.